Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, you're in for a real treat. We have Panji Barnes. She is a seasoned real estate investor who focuses mostly on rentals in Chicago. And she's been doing this for quite some time. She started in college. What I really loved about today's interview and her story is we got into a lot around the importance of niches. And you know we hear that a lot in our business of investing. There's a lot of different niches that you can get involved in. But we talked a lot about how do you stay focused, the power of staying focused, and actually what by by staying focused, what that can do to propel your business. Yes, and and Bonji is a serial entrepreneur, and she also just launched a couple of months ago a series of books for children about entrepreneurship. I mean, and like how how. How good is that? Mm -hmm. So we talked about it and we talked the impact that this is already having in her kids. And I'm sure you're gonna you're not gonna waste uh, time. You're gonna check it out, her, her books too. So enjoy this episode and let us know how it goes. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 Exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com. Or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we are on a mission to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for being back with us for another amazing episode where we jump into a woman's story and learn a lot about them, but more importantly, how they overcome all, all the obstacles and challenges that so they can create a financially free life for themselves. So excited to have 
Han Yi on our show today. She is an amazing entrepreneur. She is a real estate investor, and she has just come out with a book series to teach kids about entrepreneurship and financial freedom. So I'm personally so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love what you guys are doing, especially um, teaching women and inspiring other women because we know that real estate investing is dominated by men. And so I think it's great when women have a platform where they can be inspired by people that look like them. So. Yeah, and that's exactly exactly what we're doing and uh, in, in really everything we're, we're up to. And that's one of the, that's really my tip for today. And, and we like to share ladies, one quick thing, one quick lesson, one quick something to bring into your own lives so you can make, uh, you know, you can create the life you want and, and take action, right? We're all about taking small actions along the way. So, so the thing I wanted to share with you is about literally taking action. So we have, um, we have a free membership and we have a paid membership right now. And we're really excited about what we're up to with these ladies. And something we do on our mastermind calls is we put people in the hot seat and then they talk about something that's coming up for them challenge, problem. And the women that are on share what they're up to. And then we all kind of like pour into them, right? Give them suggestions, ask questions, give them the support they need. And the worst thing that happens on any of these calls or anything in life is when you give someone some suggestions and they literally do nothing with what mm -hmm. you shared. Now they don't have to take your exact recommendation, but literally they do nothing with anything that was shared. And that's not the case for the ladies that are in this membership. And I just want to I want to give a shout out to these ladies, but I also more yes. importantly want to give a, um, a recommendation for, for everyone that's listening. When someone pours into you and they give you some recommendations, they give you some suggestions and then you do nothing with it. It's like, it's almost like the conversation wasn't um, meant to be. And that's unfortunate, right? If someone's kind of pouring into you, really supporting you. So the best thing you could do is do something what they said, a version of what they said. So you can then go back to them and say, hey, you know what? I tried that. Thank you so much. And this is what happened. To not do any action, take any action after you, people are giving you suggestions and trying to help you, I think is like the worst thing you could do because it's literally just like, it's like, it's like faint ears, you know, it's like kind of <laughs> like, um, so, so not that you have to do everything people say, I'm not saying that, but you know, when you ask people their, their opinion and, and you get suggestions, do something with it and then let them know, Hey, I tried that. There's nothing more amazing to hear when you help someone and that you actually help them. Like when people circle back, go, hey, that was really helpful when you did this. Like, thank people. Everyone wants to be thanked. I don't care who you are. I love when I hear that. Like, hey, that was a really great suggestion, you know, or not such a good suggestion. No, but so <laughs> that's my that's my tip for the week is, is when people pour into you, do something with it and then circle back with them and thank them and appreciate them. You know, to me, the worst thing is when they come back with the same thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Well, it, it, am I having like a deja vu here? And like, I heard this before and we, we, we gave the tip um, because here's the thing. When you are, you're not taking the advice because you don't respect or don't care about that person's experience in life, right? No matter what stage you are, we always have different types of mentorships and I can be a mentor and I can be a mentee. And I know when I'm being a mentee, I put my, I always say like a student hat on and I don't care if I agree or if I don't agree, my mentor is giving me an advice and I either follow and test it out or I just be like a stubborn person and just like, yes, but <laughs> right. Yes, but the yes, but is not going to give me anywhere. Right. So try, try it out. At least give a chance. 
give a chance. People are pouring into you. Give them a, a chance. If you agree or not, it doesn't matter. Just give a chance and take action. Yes. And if you're listening to this and you need to take action on something, I want you to, we want you to put it on our Facebook community and tag us saying, I took action. Thank you so much for the podcast episode and tag us. And we would love to hear that you did something. So without further ado, Panji, thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, we always like to ask these um, amazing women like yourself who come onto our show, what propelled you, what inspired you to start investing in real estate? And for you, you did it while you're in college. So you know, please, please share with us that, that kind of what inspired you to jump into this uh, business? Yeah. So I started in 2005 and we know that was like, you know, the time of the boom in real estate. And so I was inspired by all of these TV shows. I saw TLC, HGTV, every network had like some type of flipping show. And as a broke college student, I'm like, I can do that because back then you were basically looking at people say, I put some carpet in a property that I bought and I walked away with a closing check for hundred K. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my <laughs> that gosh, sounds good. I can, I can go paint it. Right. I can go paint a house and put some carpet down and walk away with six figures. Yeah. <laughs> and so honestly, um, you know, back then it was so easy to get a loan, right? You just like, can you sign and are, do you have a heartbeat? Right. So it was not a lot of uh, requirements to get a mortgage. And so I uh, basically was able to get a mortgage back then. And my first deal was horrible. Um, I didn't make any money. Actually, I wind up actually bringing money to the closing table. So oh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I remember getting that phone call from my attorney and he's like, we can't close unless you bring, you know, this type of money down to the, the, uh, the, the um, closing office. And so that was really devastating. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my first real estate um, transaction and it didn't go so well, but I kept persevering and finally I was able to get some success, but my main motivating factor was money. I'll be honest when it came to real estate. Now, obviously there's so many different things that inspire me to stay in real estate and continue on. Well, I just want to ask you a quick question because you were saying that at the beginning, money was the, the, the reason for it. That was not the case on your first deal. And I'm sure when you got that call from your attorney, you were like, oh my gosh, what, what, what I have done here. And I need to expecting to get out with, where is that hundred K that I'm going <laughs> to get out that I saw on TV? I want that. Um, but there was something in you that kept you moving forward. So I want to tap that in a little bit. What made you moving forward? Because I, I bet there's a lot of people hearing us now listening to us now and um they don't hear a lot of stories where people lost money or brought money to the mm -hmm. table we keep hearing a lot of like successful stories so there's this guilt shame that people are like that's my situation but the most important thing is like the perseverance so i want to tap on that very quickly um what do you think that was your case that you didn't give up and you kept going Okay, so I'm going to be honest, like I really didn't have like a choice in the matter in terms of I bought a, another property while I was under contract on the one I was flipping and selling. And so at that time, my boyfriend and husband now, we had put earnest money down and we were so far into the second deal that 
we were like, we can't afford to lose our earnest money. So honestly, it was like a forced situation because it's like either we keep continuing going or we're going to lose our earnest money. We got this deal. And, you know, when you already lost money, you had to bring it to the table and you were expecting um, amount of money. You don't want to lose any more money. And so I know some people would have been like, well, I still would have called and canceled the deal because the first one didn't go well. But I was like, okay. I'm just going to have faith that the second one is going to go better and that we're just going to, you know, continue with the deal. But yeah, it was one of those situations where I was already under contract because I'm thinking I'm like, you know, some big investor and look at me, I'm, I'm under contract for another one. So in my mind, I'm calculating all these, all these dollars in my mind that didn't come until the second flip was successful. But yeah, I think, um, having some faith and just you know I think the numbers were better on the second deal the numbers were not that great on the first deal um so kind of just knowing my numbers um and just yeah just persevering even though it looks it the first one didn't pan out so um yeah I think yeah just feeling like I didn't want to lose more money (laughs) (laughs) how about that second deal what what did you learn from the first one that you put into the second one because I think you know, so many of us, right? Like, you know, you keep growing and learning in this business. And I also started in 2005. That's when we started DeRosa. And um, it's funny because you just keep having to learn more things and make hopefully less mistakes, but mistakes don't just stop, right? You know, like in any, yeah. For any of our businesses. So what, what do you remember as you made that transition to that second deal? What specifically did you do differently than you did on your first one to help you have those numbers be better and and have a more successful project. Okay. So the second one was actually a foreclosure deal and the price point was significantly less, like maybe $49,000 less than the first condo. So obviously that left room for us to make more of a profit. Secondly, um, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. So I bought a condo and I had no idea what special assessments were. So the first deal, guess what? We had a we had a special assessment for like thirteen thousand dollars for, uh, for the roof, a boiler system, and then I believe some tuck pointing or something like that. So unlucky me, I get hit with this special assessment on top of all these closing fees, and I think that when you're doing a deal as a newbie, you don't realize how quickly closing fees can add up between paying your, um, agents to sell it and paying all the other closing fees. And then if you live in a condo, possibly a special assessment, property taxes, all of these things, and you don't look at it on paper. You know, I didn't have like a notebook or even like a spreadsheet where I put this stuff down. I'm literally looking at TV as my my blueprint, right? And so I, I think that, you know, the second one, I was definitely like, okay, we need to make sure the budget for the demo uh, for the uh, renovations makes sense. And just, you know, actually um, put in some effort into making sure the numbers actually made sense on the second one, um, as opposed to being so willy nilly and so just going with the flow with the first one. So much more structure with the second one. And when you, when you look back at your real estate investment portfolio and everything that you have done, what can you point out as pivoting moments that made your company successful or what have you put in place to make that happen? Well, I realized that I don't like flipping as much as I like being a landlord. So that was one of the things that I think was important. Um, that has, you know, made us be able to have success is that, um, 
I was really like someone had talked to me in the beginning about being a landlord. And I'm like, oh no, I, for some reason I had like a really negative like perspective on what a landlord looked like. And so I was like, I don't want to do that. And eventually my realtor at the time finally talked me into buying a buy and hold piece of property. And after that, I was in love. And so now it's like, all I want to do is just do buy and hold. So I think just learning what your niche is, right? I think that as a newbie, you can't be all over the place, right? You, I, I do think you can try things. Like sometimes people get into it and they start wholesaling. And then their next one is flipping. And then they, they gradually buy and hold. But I do think you need to sit down and see what works for you and what your time schedule allots for because not everybody has the time to be a landlord, even though you can like, you know, delegate that out and get a property manager. But some people, they just don't want to deal with it. So just figuring out, what you actually want, what your niche is in it. And then I think that will help you become more successful because then you can double down on what you're good at and what you want to be good at and go from there. That's incredible. And that's really, I think for, for, as I think about my mistakes I made early on and then what I did differently when we really focused on multifamily. I mean, I remember talking with my husband and being like, we really need to focus because we're all over the place here. Cause, um, and I think that happens a lot, you know, and maybe yeah. we were young, naive, inexperienced that didn't help, but that kind of helped because then we didn't know all the risks that, you know, all the things that could actually go wrong. Right. Right. But, um, you know, learning, going, you know, double downing on a niche, I think is a big a big topic for a lot of a lot of women, a lot of obviously investors, and it's not always easy because um, there's a lot of things out there. You know, even all the women we interview, um, I'll talk to someone and they talk about what they're up to, and I'm like, awesome, like that's so interesting. You know, I get so intrigued. You know, even now because yeah. I have that you know type of personality in me. What do you find to be, or what would you suggest to the women listening that hasn't really doubled down on that niche yet? That hasn't really said this is it for me. I'm going all in. Maybe they've dabbled a little bit. They've done a flip. They have a rental. They have an Airbnb property. You know, they're, they, they've kind of dabbled a bit um, and had some success, but had some, you know, challenges. And they're really looking to focus. What, how do they know which one to focus on? What would you say? What helped you come to that realization? Flipping's not for me. Rentals are for me. So what was that, you know, process for you? And what could you suggest to the women listening to get focused for themselves? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I'm also one of those people that kind of be all over the place a little bit. I have to, <laughs> to force myself to focus. My kind okay, of woman. My I, kind I'm of like woman. You. Yes. Like as someone tell me like I'm doing mobile homes, I'm doing like storage and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm on Google researching that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. same here. So, but I will say that you will find more success. I believe, you know, that the riches are niches. And I think that the more you focus and narrow your, your, um, you know, your focus on what you think that you can find your success in, I think the happier you'll be and the less stressed you'll be because trying to do, trying to, to manage contractors and doing flipping in addition to also doing your rentals, in addition to also trying to wholesale, like you're, 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 you're going to find yourself where you're not great at anything. And I think that you should, I'm one of those people that I think that you should find that one thing that you're good at and then amplify that as opposed to trying to stretch yourself thin because it causes so much stress and anxiety that you don't have to take on. Just, just find that. And for me, rentals and Section 8, like that's where I, like I love Section 8 and I love rental property. And so that's like where I put my focus at. 
And so even though somebody might bring me other opportunities, if it really doesn't align with what, you know, my purpose is, I don't, you know, put any energy towards that. Um, The same thing, I'm even like niching down in terms of what I want for rentals. Like, I personally don't like multifamilies. I don't. (laughs) I love single family homes. And so, you know, when people bring me those deals, I'm, you know, I don't always, you know, look at them or even consider them because I know that when I wrote my plan down, like, cause I think that's another good idea is just kind of mapping it out and putting it on paper. And for me, it's even on my bathroom wall because it keeps everything in perspective. And it also allows me to be accountable. And also I'm big on like marking things off my checklist. Like it brings me joy to say, okay, I did this. I did that. So I think it's so important to have that like framework that you just sit down one day and figure out like what you want to do. And then that way you won't deviate from the plan as much. It's okay to be open to new opportunities, but don't get so far off the road that you don't even know where you're going now. (laughs) So I think that that was important for me is that I love single families. I love rentals and I love section eight. And so that that's where I put my focus. I think that many times, People can get confused with um, real estate with like clothing design trends, like as if, yeah. right? Oh, now we're not using low cut um, jeans anymore. Now it's like baggy right. and whatever. And then there's like, oh, now the 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 highways the, the highway <laughs> is wholesaling. Do you see so many people showing yeah. their money, how much they made, and they didn't have right. to flip whatever that is? Oh, let me go to that way. I totally agree with you that there's no right or wrong here. That's what what, mm-hmm. what works for you, for your family. That doesn't mean that you're going to just miss the opportunity. You're just going right. to try it on, see if it fits. If yeah. it doesn't fit, you let go. But, exactly. you know, it's just like the shiny object that people keep moving from one thing to another without perfecting it. In terms of partnerships, right? Um Talk to me about your experience and what worked, what have not worked in terms of partnerships. Uh, You mentioned your husband. I'm curious to hear if you created different partnerships or you you chose to do a different types of strategy in order for you to scale your business. Okay, so um, I only have I only have um, a second partnership that I've done um, with my brother. And I cannot tell you the verdict on that. <laughs> We're still working on that. So um, it is a three unit property. It's a multifamily. Um, it's one residential unit. It's two commercials. So I, I like this deal because I've always wanted to get into commercial. Um, so this is two storefronts um, and a residential apartment upstairs. And so he owns, uh, we own it together. And so um, we're just working out the kinks on our things. And I think um, making sure the most important thing is having like an operating agreement and having things on paper, right? So we're on great terms right now. And I don't want to be to the point where I don't want to go to Thanksgiving dinner because my brother pisses me off and we fell out <laughs> over money, right? So now that, you know, everything is well, it's the perfect time to make sure that all of those things and expectations and, and the way, you know, the money should be divided, even down to speaking to my lawyer about what it looks like in my um, living trust, if we should pass away, how much of the percentage my kids should get, right? 
So I, I think that when you're dealing with partnerships, you need to make sure that um, the person that you're doing business with, you have the same values um, that align, the same goals. Um, also, I think you should have different um, value sets that you bring. So maybe this person um, is really good, like like, or maybe they have really great credit and you have the experience, or I think you guys should have complementary um, you know, interests as well as uh, value sets that you can bring to um and then communication is so important especially in the beginning when you're first getting started and making sure that that communication is documented right because conversations happen all the time and then people when you're on the bad side people don't remember these conversations so um i'm trying to this is like my first time outside of my husband having a partners make sure it doesn't end in a negative way and I'm still able to have Thanksgiving dinner with my brother and um yeah so th this is my first time at it so it's very new to me but I think that you know women should definitely be open to partnerships because I think you're right it can help scale your business so much quicker and if, especially if you're able to get with someone who has like that experience that's really important yeah when it comes to family I uh, our first private lender was my father uh, and we use both of our parents to, to lend us money over the years, really, you know, mostly, mostly at the beginning. And um, people, people are often just going into business with family without anything in writing. And uh, that just is a right. disaster. I mean, it really is a disaster <laughs> because you think it's family Absolutely. or friends. It's like, that's <laughs> operating agreements and agreements in writing are important for any partnership, especially family. <laughs> Yes. More importantly in family, because yes. you're right, the, the conversations you forget. I mean, I, I don't know what I did two weeks ago, honestly. Yeah. You know, I think I do. But I have to look at my calendar, to be honest with you. You really don't. You know, you have kids, you're like, I don't even know what I did yesterday. But regardless, yeah. you you know, so family, I always like to say, like, oh, should you do business? Yeah, you can. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just be really clear mm -hmm. on expectations and, and interest payments and what people are due and yes, and you treat them like any, and mostly we, we were had investors, right? So they were lending us money. They weren't like active day-to-day -day partners with us, mm -hmm. but that's even worse, right? <laughs> they literally lended their inheritance, my future yeah. inheritance to us, right? So I want to make sure I protect that. Um, <laughs> right. But, The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in terms of your new venture, so talk about pivoting, right? And and you are in, probably in the truest yeah. sense of serial entrepreneur in that you you started a, a new business and basis of what we were just saying. So investing is mm-hmm. your is your jam, as they say, and, and single family homes, you're doing something with your brother and growing your empire. Tell us a little bit about how yeah. this this new um, publishing uh, children's books came to be and, and tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so um, in 2019, someone asked me to speak to the children about entrepreneurship and what that looks like. And so it was about like maybe 10 or 12 of us in a gym room talking to the children about entrepreneurship. And that was just, it was an aha moment for me. Like the kids were impressed, but I was so more so impressed with them. And I wanted to duplicate that experience. I did not want to just be once a once a year people come to us about entrepreneurship I wanted to say how can children access this on a daily basis because my kids look at entrepreneurship on a daily basis they see the good they see the bad they see the ugly right and so I wanted to inspire other children to have something that they can access and even just careers that because when I was a kid I didn't know like you could own like a McDonald's be honest like I got Happy Meals, but I didn't know that you can actually buy one when you grew up, right? So even when we went to go look for the new family minivan, I didn't know that you can own a car dealership. And so that's what our books are like, pointing children towards things that they had not even opened their mind to, but they see on a daily basis, but they don't know that, hey, you can grow up to, to do that. So that that is the crux of our books. And just also given that foundation, because when I went to college, as soon as I went to college and I was on a college campus, I was bombarded with credit card offers, but I had no education on how to properly use credit, right? So like most college students, you get this money and then, you know, you're not responsible with it. And you sometimes, some of these kids don't even think they have to pay it back. (laughs) And so- um, Oh, sure. Like- (laughs) They just, yeah, sure. Of course. No, no, no payback. It's just- It's free money. Exactly. And then they want to buy a house five, six years down the road. And they're like, what do you mean my credit is 432? Like, (laughs) and so we have to tell these children early on about how important credit is how to use it, what a mortgage is. So that that has just been my focus right now. I'm still doing my real estate, but really little owners is something that is really near and dear to my heart. And it's a family venture. My boys enjoy, you know, showing their books and things because they co-wrote a couple of the books. So it's definitely been um, something that the family can enjoy together. I, I love that. And uh gonna check all out because my my children yeah. my children my child wants so only one <laughs> so far um, sometimes we, it feels like multiple children yeah right <laughs> Just, we we read tons of books and um i don't think we start early enough to start those mm-hmm. conversations and i heard about it's a child psychologist that was saying that there's no such thing um, about reading big words to your children 
you can mm-hmm. you can read it at any time. So for you, you have I'm sure read and co-author with with your kids. What do you see in them? Like, what are the impact of those books? Those the entrepreneur it's making, uh, like their mindset and what do you see already that you're like, Oh my gosh, I can imagine what you're going to be in the future or doing the future because of the mindset. Are you able to see yeah. those um, results right now at their young age? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm starting to see it now. I see leadership qualities for sure. I, my children are pretty shy. Me and my husband are kind of like introverts. So we're probably like a family of shy people, but I can see them with the books. They're kind of growing their confidence and they've read them to their classmates and they're presenting them. But I do see the mindset change because even like uh, during the, maybe sometime last year, there was a game system that came out that was released. It was Xbox or PlayStation or something. But my oldest, Benjamin came to me, he's 10. And he said, mom, I want to buy some, um, Sony stock because uh, the PlayStation is being released. And I think the stock market, uh, I think that Mm. stock price is going to go up. And when he made that connection, like I was like, oh my goodness, all of this nagging and being annoying to my kids and pushing stuff in this down their throat, it's finally paying off. Like they're trying, finally making the connection that, uh, you know, the financial part of it, like when you're, you know, I try to teach them about being a consumer versus as an investor And now they're finally making those connections on their own without me having to say, hey, this is cause of this and that. Now they're seeing for themselves. So that is just awesome. I love that. You know, it's it's funny. Um, you don't realize sometimes they're actually picking anything up. You know, my, right. my kids are, I have a seven and a four-year-old. And, you know, when we talk about something, you know, my husband and I work together. We also have two different businesses and, you know, conversations usually like something going on in our business. So someone needs some counsel about something. And we were talking about, um, you know, uh, one of his team members just shifting some things around. And and my son said, oh, are you going to fire them? And and <laughs> we're like, he's like, well, I don't really think we're going to, I'm going to fire him. We're going to try to figure out how we can better work together. And well, what are you going to do? Like he was really interested. Meanwhile, he was coloring. I didn't even think he was listening, honestly, because yes. we would start talking about business and But they are listening. They're listening to everything. Yes. Like, okay, the, and then you stop. You're like, this is a teaching point. This is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to talk about, okay, not everything's going to go roses and sunshine. You have to right. keep, you know, and then you have to, okay, how are they going to get that? And what's the analogy? So it's um, having books that they can comprehend is such a nice way yeah. to bridge these discussions. I know my my daughter, um, you know, we, I really wanted to start talking about feelings and emotions and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I got a few books about that. Not that I don't think we're emotionally aware, but just I wanted to get some books and versus her, yeah. you know, she's four, right? She'll just start mm-hmm. cutting her hair or doing other things she's been doing lately. So I'm like, got to start reading more books about just how are we feeling and expressing that. And so I did, and yeah. then she'll start doing it more, right? So whatever we, wherever we lead them, right, they go. And I love yes. the entrepreneurial um, and, and the financial mindset. What, where do you see... Um, that going for yourself? Do you, in terms of like, you know, just financial education, do you, what are, what's on your horizon? I mean, I'm sure you have something on her, yeah. your horizon. The fact that you yeah. wrote eight books in six months is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. We're on number 13. Yeah. We're on number 13 now. Okay. So, awesome. um, yeah. So it's been pretty incredible. Um, just the, you know, um, the, the amount of 
parents that have taken to these books and educators. They we've had these books in the Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, right. um, the school school systems. So for us, the goal is to get them into the actual school systems across the country. Uh, we feel like this is needed inside of the school system. So that's what we're working on is just making those connections and partnerships so that children can have access to this at an early age and not, you know, wait until they're college students. So, and then also just, um, you know, having something for teenagers as well. And I know there are products out there that teach that, but Little Owners just wants to have that extension for preteens and teenagers to have something that they can also look to and a lot more, you know, in depth because they're older and they can kind of like process things a little more. So yeah, those, those are what our goals are is to um, uh, get into the school system and, and also retail. Uh, we have a book signing at Walmart. So we're excited wow. about being in Walmart. Great. Yeah. So Friday we have our, our book signing for two hours at a, the local Walmart at, by my house in Chicago. So we're excited about, you know, the future of little owners. That's really awesome. And that's exciting that you could do it as a family yes. because really mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is a, is a family endeavor. And, it you is. know, you have to be really mindful and intentional about it, especially when you start to, you know, I know for us, we've started to buy properties out of state. So we're not there all the mm-hmm. time. Not like Why the earlier days where everything was close mm-hmm. by. I'm like, I said to my husband the other day, we have to take a road trip and we have to mm-hmm. like, they need to see some of these buildings. That's really important. Yes. I mean, it's like, it's almost like make believe if not, you know, like to your point, like going <laughs> right. to the book signing or going to the classroom, yes. it's like real and these, they need yeah. to see it and feel it. Um, quick question too. How were you able to make sure your real estate investing company was maintained and growing while you got into this new venture? Just like anything in pivoting, right? It takes a new focus, mm-hmm. new energy. So did you have to put certain processes in place? Did you have those processes in place already? Do you have someone kind of helping you there? Like, how did you set yourself up for success to grow one new venture and, and maintain another? Um, well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're struggling, but it's getting there. But, you know, the, a lot of the contractors I've been working with, been working with for years, so they understand the processes. So a lot of it doesn't have to be as... Um, like, I don't have to be there on site all the time. It's something that, you know, I can give them instructions and, make, and follow up and make sure they're doing it. Also, because my brother is a part of this particular one that we're doing, he is able to kind of like, because I'm kind of mentoring him, he's able to kind of listen and, and I'm delegating things to him and he's able to do that. So that's been a big help is that he's on the team and he's able to help out with the real estate aspect of it. Um, we are definitely um interviewing for a property manager we've had them in the past i've had two i fired two um the expectations just weren't there i think the larger companies i feel like we got lost in the sauce because i feel like they have people that have 100 400 units and they are the priority and then you know with us it's like you know a, a afterthought so just finding somebody that you know um is sitting down and having those talks and interviewing people and having my expectations about it. But that's our next step is to getting property management um, in place. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been hectic for sure. 
um, trying to, to do all these things. But I think delegation is definitely key and making sure you have the people in place that you can trust, that you don't have to micromanage. I know when you're getting started, you don't have a lot of people that you can trust because you're just getting started. But because I've had these, you know, relationships with my plumbers, drywallers, um, you know, different people, handyman, I don't have to be on top of them all the time. So, and then with the tenants, you know, I haven't got many phone calls and we still do our quarterly inspections with them to make sure that everything's going well. No one's moved in. That's not supposed to be there. And there's no damage occurring, um, which I totally, you know, um, encourage people to do their quarterly inspections. Um, that way you don't have, uh, you know, these pictures that we see on social media of the house being trashed. I'm not saying that someone could do that in one day, but typically that's like a process yeah. leading up to, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, but I have not mastered it is what I'm going to say. I I don't, I'm still struggling with, with balancing it all. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's an ongoing process, right? And yeah. that's the, that's the beautiful thing. That's the good thing. And sometimes the frustrating thing, it's like, you yeah. know, and, and, and I think as, as entrepreneurs, so many, so many women we talk to in our community are entrepreneurs, right? They, 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 they mm -hmm. see the opportunity. They wouldn't be investing in real estate if they were not on some level. And, and sometimes they're successful business owners and entrepreneurs and then come yeah. to, Hey, I want to reinvest my money and, and get into this. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, all different women with walks of life, but um, I love what you're saying because it's honest and real. And I think yeah. as you stretch, right. And you get into something mm -hmm. new and yeah. your new self and a new way of being has to be created. You didn't need that previously. So right. there's, you know, so I think there's some grace we all have to be with each other. So you're doing amazing yes. things. I love what you're doing. Um, Thank you. And the fact that you have your kids involved, is just really, that's the key for the, for the next generation. So um, where can the ladies yeah. learn more about you and all the amazing things you're doing? Yeah. So you can follow me on Real Estate and Chill on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And also, if you're interested in our children's brand, um, we're on Instagram at little underscore owners. And our website is uh, littleowners.com. And that's where you'll find all of our books and everything. So and Amazon as well. But um, this was definitely a pleasure. And I hope that this encouraged the women out there that are struggling. Just know that, like you said, Liz, it's an ongoing thing. You're constantly learning, constantly changing, stretching yourself and finding, you know, different ways to be successful. So exactly. Yep. So all this information you guys can yeah. find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, Bonji, what's the most transformational book have you ever read? Um, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that book. Um, my father gave me that book when I was 13. And my father is an entrepreneur as well. Um, but I read that book and it changed my whole perspective. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer because my parents kept telling me I was going to be a lawyer. And so, but then I knew that if I was going to be a lawyer, I'd own my own law firm, right? And so that's the message that I sent to my children. Like, I don't want, you don't have to be an entrepreneur in terms of like taking on this real estate and only doing that. You can go to medical school and be a doctor just own your own, you know, own a medical firm. So that's kind of like the message that we send to our children. You're going to be a plumber, own your own plumbing company. So yeah, but rich dad, poor dad, for sure. Absolutely. The second question is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, financially free. So my husband and I do sit down monthly to look at our expenses and helps us keep in check on like our personal debt 
and as well as our business and where we could actually tighten up at. So um, my husband is one of those people that will get on the phone with customer service to argue and threaten that he's going to leave a service in a minute, right? So he will get on the phone with our insurance company and claim he's going to take the entire portfolio somewhere else if he can't get the rates down. He'll do this every six months. He's also the type that will get on the cell phone and get our bills on. So he's really good at figuring out, okay, we're paying a little bit too much there, or can we get this reduced? And just going over that monthly really kind of just keeps everything in check. And it also helps us expand our goals. So maybe we're incurring too much personal credit card debt. Okay, so let's figure out what we need to, you know, budget more for this and things like that. So I think that's important to have those um, financial, if you don't have a spouse, just with yourself or with, you know, someone that's maybe an accountant, to kind of make sure that you are on the path to where you want to see success um, financially. Great. Last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? I'm going to say um, Oprah has inspired me the most. Um, I have been a huge fan of Oprah and I love, for me, it's the entrepreneurship thing. I love the fact that she owns her own publishing company. Uh, I mean, media company. And I own, I love the fact that even when she had her television company, she was the one that produced it. And then to go on to do own and to um, also, I love the way she uplifts other women. Right. So with her Christmas um, list that she has every year, Oprah's favorite things that has helped so many women with their business go viral and be so successful and become millionaires overnight. So I love the fact that she gives back. So I'm going to say that Oprah has inspired me the most in my life. Monty, thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you so much for being on our show, for, for sharing yourself and your, your uh, you know, all your tips and, and kind of path, path on journey that you've been on and just love what you're up to. Ladies, go thank get you. these books. I'm going to be purchasing these books yes. ASAP for my kiddos. <laughs> and, you know, we got to, we got to, we want more entrepreneurs, you know, as children, we need to teach it and we need to be mindful of it. And until it's in the school, that's, that is definitely our job as parents. So thanks again for being on our show. We, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you ladies so much for having me. You guys are doing God's work and inspiring all the world. So I appreciate that. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.